Hello friends. I thought I would just record a little public rant because I haven't done one in a little bit and doesn't matter the reason. Um, I posted the last episode mistakenly. That was supposed to be my subscriber content, but got high fucked it up, didn't know how to reverse it, whoops, um, but I think that it should be able to be public, and I wasn't cancelled, which is giving me a probably a false sense of hope, but saying that I like Jordan Peterson isn't the worst fucking thing in the world, and since that, I've rectified my mistake on my subscribe subscription platform on Patreon and with a much meatier episode uh, that kind of goes into specifics I I suppose um, not even about Jordan Peterson but just sort of the hypocrisy in this left extremist left narrative which I think is peddled more often than not, or maybe entirely on social media. And it, it, it's fucking, it's ridiculous. Now, it's difficult, to, uh, it's difficult to articulate it without this being feed for those who are just ravenous for drama. Uh, so I'll pick my words as best I can, but it's, first of all, when we accept this sort of mm, loose identifier of, of where we stand politically, I suppose, or socially, when what seems as a very basic question of, are you liberal or conservative, or are you, uh, you know, left or right, or whatever way it's described as and I think the fear is to say anything leaning right because it's unpopular and we cannot deny that the the extreme left are the ones that enjoy sledgehammering people the most for alternative opinions to their own now, I'm not saying that people on the right don't do it. I'm just saying collectively, I have seen and experienced that the left are the least forgiving, despite their campaign of absolute inclusivity, non-judgment, um, just all well and good, and then when it's put into reality, that is not the case. This is probably also partly to do with social media and the online environment being a, a, a relatively young thing. And people who I suppose traditionally would be considered conservative are older and their opinions, I suppose, aren't as frequent in front of my face because I'm seeing, well, I'm choosing to weigh my opinion on this 
well, I don't really, well, I haven't sought this after the fact, but this opinion has derived from the online community. So I, d I dug into it a bit and I gave examples such as, mm, I'm not going to go into it because it's subscription content only, but Lonely Hearts, the brand, probably the most guilty for extreme hypocrisy when using and farming trauma from real people in order to sell things. And then when, you know, it comes out like it always does, the truth always finds the light. The people who run the brand are hardcore conspiracy theorists in, and um, have evolved into these batshit crazy, ultra-conservative... And I say ultra-conservative because I believe that the cult that they've run away to somewhere in California is a has an ethos primarily based on the foundations of a elitist racist concept uh, I really don't want to dive into the rabbit hole of that because time is limited and I'm already inflicted with infinite pain online, why would I choose to seek more of it? I have plenty. So I discuss that because of what I believe to be such an, such a, I suppose, I, I don't really know what you'd call it because I don't, I can't really speak for everyone. I can't speak for anyone. However, if this brand, Lonely Hearts, and if you want to know what I'm talking about in the full context of, of just their, their hypocritical nature, sign up to my Patreon and listen. But it's not hard to just Google it and see the articles written about the fact that they refused to, they're, they're anti-vaxxers, they've COVID deniers, they refused to provide PPE for their workers and their staff, and they refused to have hand sanitizer that wasn't Aesop, the brand, which is, you know, this very bougie brand, and they were putting aesthetics above the health and safety of human lives. And it did have a sort of impactful response, I, I guess, but the brand is still very much alive and everyone is sort of like, well, well, you know, get over it. But if this had happened to, let's say, I don't, I can't even think of an example, but not, okay, so not like I at all back any type of fast fashion brands, but if it were a brand that was less promoting an idea of, of inclusivity and, or fake, but, you know, promoting, advertising, and the same thing happened and they were exposed for this behaviour, the pitchforks would be out. The left army would not let this go, this would be 
they would not sleep until the the company was buried in ashes. And why? This shouldn't be a weighed or lesser consideration because the brand has done good things when it hasn't. It's an individual choice in essence and a brand is cannot exist without people making these decisions. So I just find the hypocrisy in it startling, startling. Let's just say, for example, Max Key. <laughs> Let's say he had a clothing company. Now, I can imagine if he did, it, it certainly wouldn't be driving a narrative of inclusivity and all the things that Lonely jumped on the bandwagon of because, and this is the thing, it's so exploitative. And unfortunately, the people they exploit don't realise it's happening because for the most part, they are a minority to some degree. And these two privileged white people that have very successfully built a brand of a, with an idea of what they believe in and practice none of it, they get to just sort of slip away and it, it really just doesn't matter. But if Max Key had done it, oh man, oh my God. I'm not saying I like Max Key particularly, but he is still a person as is the founders of, you know, the worst brand in the world. Like, their Lonely Hearts lingerie. I'm pretty sure it's made it in sweatshops in India. None of the size range goes up to the sizes that they claim, which is not an investigation of my own. That is that has been done by other people, and I'm just regurgitating that information. But that's hideous. You're going to use a plus size model, sell the idea of an inclusive brand, but you're certainly not going to extend any cost to creating that or manufacturing those items because undoubtedly it would be expensive. Yeah, more expensive, maybe not expensive. So, yeah, I'm, I'm um, conflicted by much of the weird narrative that the left, the le more left-leaning community are willing to accept and willing to deny. And one of the rabbit-ish holes that I've fallen down is this, and, and, and obviously this can be a lead-on from my last thought of the, the body positive trend trend that's on undoubtedly you, everyone has seen and where those boundaries or lack thereof are extending to so you've got a brand like Lonely Hearts who have this hairy armpit all of a sudden plus size um all shapes inside pregnancy, just, you know, all these things. Uh, 
which is very and vastly different from their previous persona before this became so popular. They were very much a brand that used hideously thin, and I say hideously thin, which I mentioned in my subscription-only podcast, one of which I, as an ex or recovered anorexic, saw one of their models and was disgusted at their irresponsibility, not only to this model who I recognised eating disordered uh, manifest in the photographs, but to their consumers and to those seeing that, like myself, who I'm, I'm, not, I'm not triggered, I don't need to fucking make myself a victim here, but it certainly would have if I was younger and in a less stable mental framework. So they, this body positivity wave that has become this mainstream uh, kind of free-for-all, it's this bucket of, of I, it's, it's almost like a, a bucket of weaponry for brands that need to protect themselves because they have no morals or foundations whatsoever. And in order to protect exposure from that, they pick the little kernels out of the cob of minority issues. And whenever it's questioned, it's your anti-whatever it is. And it's an inescapable... Uh, conflict when you engage in speaking about issues with those kind of campaigns and their immunity to accountability. And it's a really slippery slope because you don't want there to be an environment where the obvious is unspoken due to fear of a community that have just gotten drunk on the power of social media and banding together because, well, and, and the because is, is a question mark. I, I don't know, and, and, and I'm not saying at any point that those fighting for a, a social shifting in thinking regarding things like body positivity aren't righteous causes it's the ones that are using it for literally just weaponry to attack i believe that the body positivity um movement probably began with some very good values however in order to re-educate the thinking of stale thinking, you must, within this new thinking, not be limited and not evolve and also accept criticism within your own thinking 
if you want to prevent that same movement to overtake and not get stale, it is that rigid indoctrination of thought that creates an expiry date. And I, I do not accept that the body positivity movement globally is a healthy one anymore because you're seeing, I don't, I have TikTok, I don't use it. I'm too old for that shit, but I still have it. But I am seeing, because obviously it's everywhere, these videos that are, that are promoting very unhealthy standards of health. And as someone who's not an obese person, I know that, that, that this, and as I pick my words carefully, this will be a perfect kernel for those who are not allies to a, a, a true and proper change in thinking to use and accuse me of being fat phobic, which couldn't be further from the truth. Because as someone who has suffered an eating disorder for many years, on the other end of the spectrum, I understand that the eating disorder is the same at both ends. And I sympathise absolutely with those suffering any type of eating disorder because it isn't about the vanity side of things that it's often perceived as. It is much deeper and it grips who you are. And I and the thing is, I, I believe in my heart that I will always have an eating disorder, but will I allow it to control my life? I, no, I won't. But it will rear its head, and it does often when I'm stressed. It's a weird thing that just, when I'm stressed out, that's the first thing that kind of my mind goes to. But I, I'm, you know, I choose my body and this vessel of a miracle that we all are blessed with, something worthy of of love as opposed to an illness and a disease. I'm not going to accept a disease to riddle and, you know, the, parasi- the the spiritual parasite of mental illness to navigate my life. But when I say body positivity, it's, it, it's all about this, well, and I'm not saying always, but what I am saying is ext- extreme cases of morbid obesity being celebrated and quite literally the most outrageous videos on TikTok and social media. The truest form of misinformation I've ever seen has been within this movement. We have extremely morbidly obese women claiming that there is no evidence scientifically that extreme high BMIs and weight has any negative impact on your body. Everything is considered diet culture, if it's in the essence of losing weight. And to lose weight would be succumbing to the peer pressure of social norms. And that is criminal, in my opinion, because it is just as dangerous as telling an anorexic who is just as at risk for having a heart attack as a morbidly obese person, Anorexics don't die of anorexia. They die of heart attacks. 
because their bodies are so deprived of everything. They just, their hearts fuck out. But for some reason, it is this accepted narrative that because, yes, the fashion industry and the movie industry and all these other industries have celebrated thinness, it's only targeting the non-thin when it targets everybody, especially the thin, who are suffering the illness because of these standards. Yet anyone who logically breaks it down and goes, it isn't about being thin or big. It's about being healthy at the body that you have. Now, no one, nobody can, with a straight face, truly believe that agreeing (laughs) that a morbidly obese person is healthy. Just And if they do, they must accept that an, a severe anorexic who is being fed through a feeding tube through their nose with, with kidney failure and liver failure and their organs are slowly shutting down towards death is an also healthy way to live. Now, yes, some people are much bigger than others. <laughs> this isn't about that. This isn't about skinny or fat. It's about a singular person having a healthy lifestyle. And again, it is a very uh, uh, concentrated environment where this body positivity and uh, inclusivity and, and all accepting community are actually the most divisive and ill informed and propagating of I mean, it is propaganda, really, but it, it it's the misinformation is is frightening, and the fact that it's on TikTok, which is a we can't deny a young platform, the next generation of people being influenced through this app and these channels, the the mindsets that they are going to have as adults, and if people don't think critically about it. Th- there's re- really going to be such an extreme fucked up wave of, I don't even know what it would even evolve into because the possibilities are endless. But as a 32-year-old who grew up with gossip rags celebrating anorexic celebrities and knowing how it in- impacted me, not blaming them entirely, but it certainly had an influence, and the fact that I still can appreciate and acknowledge that this illness is not gone. It just isn't, it's sort of dormant, but it's there. And I do not believe, and I've accepted that, that it will remain. And that was a much lesser form of information at the time you know I, I wasn't reading these magazines 24 7 like kids are or you know young people are say with their phones so yeah I think this sort of and this and I'm only talking about this example for this because time is limited but the rabbit hole I went down was regarding an influencer called Tess Holiday, Jess Holiday, morbidly obese quote-unquote model 
who if you are if you are interested i suggest you look at the youtube videos regarding her story and the woman is a scam artist she has no um she she just lies constantly she's a big fat liar oh i didn't mean to say fat like that that was a bad pun i didn't realize it until it came out of my mouth but she's a she's a liar she's a big fat liar because she tells big fat lies is what i'm saying now she also is now claiming that she's anorexic and she's picking apart all these uh, real issues to jump on in order to defend her shitty, terrible behaviour because she's, surprise, surprise, an influencer. Uh, and it's very, and it, it, thankfully, people are seeing it for what it is and it's, and it's come out and I came across it and I'm disgusted at everything about her and what she's spreading and the misinformation and it's fucking revolting. But also, beyond that, the promotion of a lifestyle that she definitely doesn't live herself and a health standard that is will kill people. It will If you took her extreme and, and took it in the reverse, you would have a hospitalised person who is just a skeleton and probably incapable of any kind of celebration on any level because it's extreme and the body is not designed to be under that kind of pressure and that is not being fat phobic that is not being fat phobic at all that is being a, a, a human believing that the body is a beautiful miracle that some people just don't have the luxury of having a functioning one of I'm talking about illness, I'm talking about third world countries, disease, famine, all that shit that we just forget about. And you've got someone who is just promoting gluttony because they don't want to admit that, you know, they really need to change and have some accountability for their own lives. And that is not being fat phobic. She, her body deserves better than what she's doing to it. And it has nothing to do with genetics. It's just, it's fucked up. And, yeah, I really sympathise with people that don't see taking accountability as brave. There's nothing brave about running from it and accusing people of attacking you because... You think that there is some form of shame in changing ways that you live. I had to do it. I had to take accountability for how I was treating my body and the extreme measure. I, I mean, I put myself in a coma because of it. I was in a coma because of my eating disorder. Like, let's not sit here and allow ourselves to be triggered thinking, oh, all the skinny girls saying that fat people are unhealthy. Yeah, but I've done it too. Like, I'm sure Tess Halliday hasn't been in a coma, so I'm certainly not throwing stones here. But I just think that um, critical thinking is being lost. Hypocrisy is mad, and I think it's the left-leaning people online that are truly quite dangerous in light of just next-generational thinking. Maybe that makes me old. But I'd rather have respect for the things I do have than try and make a 
I don't know, argument for the biggest first world problem in the whole of the world. Being um, morbidly obese from consumption of, you know, Western food, fast food. And not allowing yourself to go, actually, I deserve better. So anyway, let's see how angry people get about that. Uh, but yeah, if you do get angry at, at and have listened this far, then I feel sorry for the fact that you're not allowing yourself to give your brain the best life, whether or not you're suffering any kind of weight issue or not. If you take offence to this and believe that it's some hateful spewing towards a, a, a minority group, which is not the case because obesity is very much like the biggest problem in the Western world right now. Um, yeah, read something. Oh, almost perfectly on 30 minutes. Thanks for listening.